Welcome to this week's episode of Black Girl Brunch. My name is Elon. And I'm Sabria. And we are so excited to have you all in for another fun-filled episode of Black Girl Brunch. Yay! Sabria, how you feeling? I'm feeling okay, y'all. I got a story, but I'm going to tell it next week. But just know <laughs> that I'm 30. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say, is I'm 30. <laughs> Yeah, that's actually my feelings too. I'm feeling very 30. Um, I was telling Sabria, I pulled a muscle in a glute and I can't tell you how. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's, it's hurting. Like when you're, when like your left butt cheek hurts, it's like, what the hell? Like, what am I supposed to do about that? Yeah. It's like, you're down for the count. But yeah, like I said earlier, they tried to kill your favorite bitch. I'm here though, you know. Um, but we're gonna have Iman leading me commentating because we have a special show for y'all today. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> One of our favorite, favorite people. The best thing about Black Girl Brunch is that we have literally crossed paths with some of the most amazing people, and we're so excited to have one of these amazing people on the show. We just want to welcome our special guest. Welcome, Benton. Hi. Oh my gosh, I'm so excited to be here. I feel like I'm on live with Thank Regis and so Kelly. Much. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Regis. <laughs> I'm definitely Kelly. She's batshit. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining us today. Like I'm, so, I'm just so excited. Oh, thank you for asking me to be on. Like I was telling you earlier that I really wanted to do it, but I was feeling like I needed to like have myself together a little bit more so I could actually have something to like say. But I mean, you know, things happen when they need to happen. Exactly. Absolutely. You have a lot to say. You have we so don't much even to share. have much to say. Like, <laughs> yeah, you have a lot to say. And also, your voice is like so podcastable. Like, I love People it. People tell me that. People tell me that. It right. really is. Okay. So, we're going to figure out what you're going to do with it. But let's get into the interview. So, tell, tell the folks who you are and where they can find you. Yeah. So, my name is Bintu Silla. I, I model. Um, so I guess you can find me on Instagram. <laughs> um, <laughs> you can find me on Instagram. My Instagram is at B-A-N, the number two, K-N-O-T, Bantu Not. And I think my TikTok is the same. And when I tweet, it's Bintu, ugh, so B-I-N-T-O-U-U-G-H. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. And as per usual, if y'all have questions about how to find Bintu, you can definitely hit us up on the socials and we'll share her at with you. Mm-hmm. But like, let's just get into it. Like you are a model. <laughs> you are a model. Like it's not every single day that like individuals get to say like we are with a model where sometimes I walk past Sephora and like we literally, me and Sabria will be like, we see you. Like, we see your face. <laughs> Every time we're gagged. Like, we never not surprised. Aww. Even if it's the same picture, we always gag. <laughs> or, like, when, uh, like, a, a, a advertisement comes up and it's you, it's like, yeah, the, this company has their targeting <laughs> down right. Because they, when they, sh- when I see your face, it's just like, wow, like, I really know somebody who's consistently doing that. And it's so cool. But it makes us think, like, when you were a child, what did you want to be when you grow up? When you grew up, did you always want to be a model? Um, you know, I think it kind of went back and forth for a while. I really like music and singing, so I think as a kid watching like Disney Channel growing up, I really wanted to be Hillary Duff. I really wanted to be like Miley Cyrus. <laughs> <Period. laughs> I wanted to be like a celebrity. I wanted to be a star. Um, <laughs> and then I think around third grade, I was introduced to America's Next Top Model from my older cousin, and 
from then on, I think that was going to be like my entryway into the game. Um, things kind of didn't turn out. I mean, I guess I kind of still wanted to do it and always in the, it was always in the back of my mind. But I think when I got into it was right at the perfect time because I had moved to LA to pursue video editing and um, kind of just found a way. Um, I got signed because I was submitting my pictures online. Um, but first I saw this girl from my high school who I met in my video production class, actually. And she, um, I randomly had the urge to check up on her. Like, I think her at was the same on Instagram as it was on Tumblr. And she randomly liked my Tumblr posts after like six years of no interaction. And um, I checked her Instagram and she was a full like plus size model, like curve model. And that was the thing that was holding me back because my size but I think right when I got into it, it was kind of like the renaissance of like curve modeling and just plus size modeling and more like bigger individuals being shown on camera or like in ads and stuff. So um, I think I just got into it at like the perfect time. Because um, a lot of times it's all about timing. <laughs> yes, really you is. really did get in there the perfect time. Because I'm like, I got tired of seeing people that didn't look like me mm-hmm. and just like, just tired of seeing the same faces. And I feel like every, a lot of people felt that way. So I feel like you definitely came at like the perfect, perfect time. Yeah. Yeah. I agree with that. Like, I'm so thankful for that renaissance and that things changed because it's like, it happened, like that evolution happened for a reason. Mm-hmm. There was a need. Like Sabrina was saying, you get so sick and tired of just feeling like the only people who are good enough to be on a billboard or who are good enough to be in like an advertisement are people who look the exact opposite of you. Mm-hmm. So I feel like, um, like seeing you and so many others, like Tabria Majors, mm-hmm. it just, it gets to a point where you're like, yo, this is what they mean when they say representation matters. Like, you feel mm-hmm. so seen. Yeah. You feel so seen. Yeah. So thank you. Thank you. We're so happy that the time had worked out and like you are doing your thing right now. And I just want to know, like, like I was going to say when you decided you wanted to be a model, but like for the people who may be interested at home, like what was that process? Like you were saying you were submitting your pictures, mm-hmm. like were you networking? Were you like, what was the process to get started? Um, you know what? I didn't really know anybody that could like mentor me in any way besides that girl that I knew from high school. But a lot of times I think it's kind of hard to ask people for that kind of advice, uh, you know, just like kind of in a, like a cold email type of way, a cold DM, um, just because it can kind of be a little, I don't know, you don't want to tell too many people what's going on, you know, because you have, mm-hmm. you know, but <laughs> I think, um, you know, there's a lot of research that you can do online and, the biggest thing that I had discovered back in high school when I wanted to start modeling was um, a lot of agencies have submission links on their website. I think that's like a little bit like um, more people know that now, but I didn't know that, you know, when I was 16. So I always kind of kept that in the back of my mind. And um, once I moved to L.A., I started um, and I had that fire under my butt to start looking into it. I just started Googling modeling agencies in LA that had curved divisions or plus size divisions. Mm -hmm. So um, I just really started submitting. And then I, you know, I think I submitted once a month and then it turned into like once every week. And then it turns into like every day when I narrowed it down to two agencies that I really liked. And um, I got signed by one of them eventually. So, you know, I think sometimes people get um, 
they feel as if they have to, um, you know, not submit too much because it's going to overwhelm the system or something, or just they think that one submission is enough. But honestly, I feel like modeling agents, like they will check that stuff like once every three months and maybe like go through two and be like, okay, whatever. I don't want to look at this anymore. Mm. Mm, yeah. So I definitely. Wow. That's really great. That's great for me to hear. Like you helped me um, before, which I'm so thankful about. Like you share like your shots that you uh, like, I forget the name of the oh, shots, my digitals. The shots that you share. The digitals that you share um, in like a submission process. Mm-hmm. And like, that was really helpful. One time I came to a casting call and I didn't have the right digitals and I was embarrassed. <laughs> like I drove from Philly to New York Damn. and I was like, oopsie. <laughs> but it was a learning lesson yeah. and I really do not regret it. Cause that I'm the type of person where I'm like, oh, that taught me one thing, which is that someone was interested. I just didn't, I was ill prepared, which is still a learning lesson, but I was thankful for you for like showing me your digitals and now sharing, like do it multiple times because I submitted one time and said, no one wants me oh well oh, yeah. <laughs> and then it's just yeah See, that's it's the like thing. good to know that mm-hmm. yeah it's good to because we're yeah. sorry I guess oh, okay, so no. I feel like because we're used to applying to like jobs like corporate yes. jobs and mm-hmm. stuff and like in the entertainment business I feel like people respect you more when you are like just fierce and you're like oh I don't care like you saying no I want to keep on just like boom 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 as yeah. to why where like corporations or like office jobs are like come on already <laughs> like they just want you to like just back off and they're like we told you no it's no again like I feel like it's just you have to unlearn that like type of uh, mind frame when you want to go into like the entertainment business also um how tall are you I'm 5'8 okay okay. please (laughs) (laughs) barely it's fine I feel like 5'7 and that we live that's how I feel I'm 5'7 and three quarters but I always round up you're 5'8 (laughs) my hair makes me 5'9 there we go. There okay. we go. I love that. I love it okay, so much. So let me sit this one out. But yeah. It's okay, Sabrina. You have your fun other times. It's okay. You're a baby stallion. I wanted to know, because like, I, like, I know that there's, we're like shorter people to model in this like very like Fashion Nova. But I'm like, I, I asked because I'm like, I wanted to know how lenient like the and how broad the modeling agency is like i mean agency modeling world is starting to be you know i think it is kind of like it's not 100 like everybody has to be five eight five nine now because a lot of things are transitioning to more commercial work Mm -hmm. like i see i meet a lot of models that are like five six at least and sometimes there's even shorter people and i definitely think since a lot of stuff is digital even now like a lot of people promoting brands like advertising on their own channels Mm or uh profiles i don't think there's more room for um shorter people so i don't think that necessarily has to be something that you count out and then there also are a lot of modeling agencies that specify in people that deviate from the norm for models so Mm. there's a lot of i think room or at least there's more room than there was before Remember Tyra used to be like a five seven die. <laughs> she had the short season. <laughs> she gave Eva hell. She gave she Eva hell. She used to. I used to think that being five. I thought five seven was petite, <laughs> like because of top model. Because she used to be like, you just can't do it. You can't do anything. You're five seven. But then remember when somebody was over like six feet tall, she would be like, unfortunately, you're just too big for the runway clothes. It's like you know what, y'all suck. <laughs> Y'all should weed that out in the audition process. Like, why is this, like, drama now on the show? (laughs) To embarrass me. Yeah, to just humiliate me over and over and over. Y'all do my height. 
Y'all knew the hype before I even got here. That's oh my why God. I took a lot of unlearning. Um, yeah, <laughs> that show did a lot of psychological damage to our generation. It really did. The I love like that Tyra just ignores it too. Like she's <laughs> yet to, she's not gonna address it. She's almost my birthday twin, so I kind of like she's December fourth. I'm December fifth, so I feel like I kind of have that level of delusion when it comes to self confidence and just like knowing that I'm that girl. But I think I kind of rein it back a little bit where I'm a little more self aware. <laughs> yes, yes, absolutely. you need that. But if that's important, delusion like that is that's another thing. Delusion is something that you need, especially in the ent- entertainment business. Mm-hmm. Like you need. It, but to be self-aware because you don't want to go in the deep end mm-hmm. but delusion you definitely need it you're absolutely correct mm-hmm. with it yes yes um just to quickly go back to tara binks like she is definitely i guess i probably made a favor mine like she's somebody that i just will, I, i'm gonna hold on to her me too i will hold on to tyra banks people like to just throw trash like come on she made a few mistakes she tormented a few women she, she gave she some of us an eating disorder like she tormented an entire generation of girls but she really was just telling the truth of what it was mm-hmm. she was the messenger that's what i said like, like learning like being in photo shoots like literally like she was not wrong you know like she takes the she's taking the bullet for a lot of like the damage that the modeling industry has done but she did not start it like she did not make it that way (laughs) no and like we really should be beefing at janice dickinson Mm -hmm. like no one told her to be how she was Mm -hmm. she was just rude but also i think she was suffering with some like you know some substance abuse issue so yeah yeah. anyway just leave them alone it wasn't that bad like it wasn't that bad (laughs) (laughs) again the eating disorder we all like you know some of us got over it <laughs> but so let's get into some of the challenges. Like I, everybody can listen to this. Look, go check out your Instagram page. See all the wins. Mm-hmm. They see all the wins. But we would love to know about any challenges, whether those were like challenges within yourself or like challenges that you came across in industry that you'd be open to sharing or comfortable with sharing today. Yeah, um, I definitely think that at least personally, like. Um, difficulties that I've had a little bit have been with in the beginning like a little bit with like my body image because there is something like when you see yourself on camera or when you see yourself in person like or even in the mirror like there's a lot of differences that you know just come from perspective um so I definitely don't think that well actually I do think that like seeing myself on like in images that I don't necessarily like or that are my favorite can like play a part but sometimes when somebody says something so little that you've already noticed in those pictures it can send you into a whole spiral like I think last year around this time and probably up until like April like I was really depressed like I had a lot of like issues going on that was stemming from like an eating disorder um and just like undiagnosed ADHD so (laughs) But a lot of that stuff, I think I definitely feel better about this year because I've gone into therapy and, you know, like I, I definitely think I've overcome stuff, but you know, there can be challenges further down the line, but I definitely feel like I've come to terms with my body and my self um, esteem issues I may have had. And I don't know, I, I think just the way that I was raised a little bit and like the way that my culture is, I just kind of don't, I didn't see the best of myself. Like I always knew I had a fly face, but even when I was, <laughs> even when I was like a hundred pounds lighter than I am now, like I always had body um, image issues. So I definitely think I've done a lot of work to overcome those and like realize what 
is going on with me um, or what my body is. is just the way that it is, you know. Um, really, it's just coming to accept the things that I cannot change. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, like, I know that you probably don't need to hear this, but you absolutely are gorgeous. Like, it's not going to – I know that that's not enough Period. to, like, change things. But, yes, the face card does not decline. <laughs> Thank you. Thank Never. you. Never. It really does not decline. Never. <laughs> Not, not many can say that. <laughs> and I'll stop right there. Thank you, girl. But no, yeah, but yeah, that's real. And I think that it just it just doesn't matter. Like like Sabria and I, um, again, also gave ourselves eating disorders as a unit, which was sad because we were like we were going off, we were encouraging each other to have more the eating disorders, and we didn't know it until just looking back, and it's like, yo, I think we really were in an unhealthy like partner but you you just don't know because people make it like anything to make you slim is good Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and anything to keep you from being big anything that makes you big is bad like that's just how simplistic society is and it's just like that's not how health works but even when i was at that smaller period sabria too like we still weren't happy it's like it it's it's going to like not feeling your best is going to follow you everywhere but there there's definitely some work to be done and for me like one thing i've been realizing is is that i don't have to be perfect to to deserve respect love and to be appreciated or to be beautiful that doesn't equal perfection and i'll never be perfect it's okay mm-hmm. it's all right this is me you're gonna get what you get like <laughs> that's just how i feel these days mm-hmm. and you work that out on camera like literally um, that's you are definitely you are um you're the brave you're braver than the marines <laughs> I have to say, for real for real thank you thank you definitely. it definitely was really hard but i think when you commit yourself to like unlearning like just a bunch of like fat phobia and like the things that you internalize um you will feel 100 percent better like <laughs> and i think a lot of times the people that reinforce it like sometimes can be my parents they upstairs like they're in the room next to me so i don't want to talk too loud but <laughs> we keep it on the low yeah. <laughs> sometimes but we know sometimes like it's- the people that reinforce it like from a generational level like I think they just don't realize that they look the same as you and they have (laughs) (laughs) like I had to get it from somewhere you know so like what did you expect (laughs) it's so true it's so true I was just thinking about that the other day when I cause like I um I couldn't fit in my jacket my arms like I gained weight in my arms and I was like oh I need to come up stuff for this weight and my mom was like "Mm." and I'm like well Oh my, you, okay. Look, that's my grandma. My Look grandma always both. talking about somebody, and I was like, "Grandma, you are shaped like Peppa Pig. Why are you talking about me?" I literally tell her that because my grandma is ruthless, and I'm like, "You shaped like Mike. She my is fake. ruthless. So you got a big stomach, skinny legs, skinny arms. Like it's not, you don't like when I talk about your shape, so don't talk about mine. Right. But you right, black, black. Well, I think this actually happens with like a lot of people of color. Like mm-hmm. I had a Puerto Rican girlfriend, and like her, her family was the same way it's just that our weight is just like open for everybody to talk yeah. about but yeah mm-hmm. i'm so happy you said that that was so funny. no because you need to give it back to them at a certain point like you do yeah you keep talking about my body let's talk about yours you want to talk about my health let's talk about yours you yeah. so right like where did i get it from i look just like come on we shape the same <laughs> exactly like what's up with it you so you know what i'm gonna start using you it's just so true 
That's going to that's gonna hurt that's a lot of people. Them up. That's going to light them up. <laughs> that's going to hurt somebody's feelings. <laughs> oh, my God. So, you mentioned that you moved to L.A., um, which I didn't know you didn't move to L.A. for modeling. I didn't mm-hmm. know you actually moved there to be a video editor. Mm-hmm. But I'd love to know um, your experience in L.A. Like, how do you feel about the city of angels? Yeah, you know, I kind of, <laughs> I feel like I've had, like, a second puberty, like, recently, like, with it. Because I've only been there for maybe three and a half years at this point. Mm. So, it's kind of a long time, kind of a short time. But... I definitely love it. Like, I really love the weather and, like, just being Mm. able to drive and, like, see pretty stuff out my window every time I drive, you know? Mm. Um, It's kind of hard making friends there. I think I had all these kind of misconceptions about what it would be, like, socially once I got there. And I still think I kind of do feed into those. Because there are, like, niches and there are pockets of people that you can meet. It just can take a long time, especially when you're introverted or not really somebody who likes to leave the house. um, Which, you know, I'm the second, not least. Um, (laughs) But I do think it's, like, really nice, a nice place to live. Like... I definitely think there are a lot of issues with the city itself, but there's a lot of issues like everywhere. Like in Atlanta, I see the craziest stuff here, but I don't know. I think it's a really nice place. I I I mess with it. I'm trying not to cuss. Okay. We can cuss. <laughs> yes. Okay. Oh yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> Please cuss. <laughs> we love cussing. We do. Please. <laughs> but that's Please. really cool. Yeah. I, um, I haven't had a chance to spend like a lot of time in LA. I only went there for work one time, but it's on my list um, as I'm doing this digital nomad life to see if it's for me. Because mm-hmm. I know people who have said that it's not for them. Yeah. Um, but I also know people who really love it for the reasons you named. It's beautiful. Yeah. It's like so much, much opportunity. And yeah. Happy to hear your take. I think it's perfect. Like, I really do think it's like a really good place to live just when you find your people, which can, again, c- can be hard. But I think, honestly, if I had all my friends I had in Atlanta, in L.A., it would be paradise for me. Oh. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. That sounds really nice. And how do you like Atlanta? I love it here, you know? I grew up here. I grew up in the suburbs. Um, and I went to college in the city. So I think, I don't know, I have, like, a lot of... Um, what's the word I guess nostalgic ties to it and you know it's really a nice place I just I love the people here so much again like I wish I could just blend the two I love being a city surrounded by black people I just kind of I don't know I just I I'm 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 catching a vibe here you know (laughs) period period is another place we have to go to yeah I've never been I've never been to Atlanta I would love to go. Mm-hmm. Have you ever come to Philly? I actually did once. One Ooh. time. Oh, yeah, you did tell me you came there. And I was in Upper Darby. <laughs> yeah. Girl, why was you up there? I went to a wedding. My mom's um, oh. my mom's friend's oh, daughter. <laughs> yeah, I was like, what? I think I forgot to tell you because I just was like, huh? I was I had just graduated high school and my mom told me to go be this bridesmaid at this wedding. And I was like, oh my God, I'm finally going to see America. I'm going to Philly. And I was in the house every day. Every day. We stopped to get a cheesecake or cheesesteak on the way to the airport. And that was it. Oh my God. But you know what? Yeah, you won't have to come back to like the real part of Philly. Yeah. Like, no shade. I was going to say no shade to Upper Darby, but it's all shade. Like, let's be real. Yeah. But yeah, you got to, to come back. But Upper Darby's not bad. Mm-hmm. It's not bad at all. It's just not the city. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's corny. Yeah. I, I, I caught that. I want 
to come back though. I think yeah. I would have a good time there. I feel like I'm like I'm really nice. I hear a lot of people in Philly are mean. I don't know. Um, yeah, some people can be mean, but I really do feel like we are a city of like um, what's the word? Like it's just like a gritty city. So like most people like move with a lot of most people. Am I like Sabri? Let me know what your experience is. But I feel like most people move with a lot of experience, a, a lot of respect, and it's a very real city. Like when people show up in a good way they show up in a very good way it's like certain things that's not gonna fly in philly like yeah. there's certain things like for example like if somebody tried like the other day i saw two kids fighting and i pulled over and said yo like that's a philly thing. <laughs> like that's us like stop it don't jump hard you know what you like we are Aww. really big on respect until the people who are just like too traumatized then they are terrorists for sure yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay for sure for sure but nice. yeah it's it's there is like I'm not gonna lie there can be some mean people mm-hmm. but it's like for the most part when you find your people it's just like I feel like any other city like mm-hmm. when you find your people it's like definitely cool okay for sure I definitely sure. will come out while y'all are still there too yes, yeah pop please, out please, please. we will have we trying to come to LA ah, yeah y'all come to LA y'all come to LA too. <laughs> I know we have so the we'll last have... time I came that made me want to I'm like yeah I gotta gotta come here <laughs> gotta gotta I'd love to see y'all there. Yes, we're going to make it happen. It's going to have a girls' night out. Yes. All right. So do you think, speaking of Los Angeles, do you think a person has to be based in L.A. or New York City in order to be a successful model in 2022? Um, You know what? I don't really feel like I know many people that don't live in those cities that are very successful unless they're, I mean, I mean, personally, my personal experience, my personal experience, I don't really know anybody that is outside of those hubs. Um, I definitely think it's probably possible, again, since, like, most things are shifting to, like, a digital landscape, I guess, most advertising and everything. Like, there's definitely brands that, you know, shoot, you know, have their shoots in, like, different cities. Um, Like, I know, like, Nike is, like, based in Portland or something, but they Mm -hmm. do shoot in L.A. They shoot most of their stuff in L.A. But, you know, there are, like, smaller things that you can do, but generally... Most things are going to be in those two locations, at least in America, or maybe even Miami. Um, but for the most part, yeah, you kind of do. <laughs> Damn. Unless you, like, have unlimited <laughs> funds to fly out or something. Yeah. And even then, some brands will fly you out to do um, a shoe or something. But, again, that's, like, once you've already got your foot in the door. Okay. Yeah. Look, that's good to know. And it's, like, a realistic take. Mm-hmm. I think that, like, if you live in certain places, like – Philly, you might be able to get some commercial work, but I think about like those, like you said, the big campaigns, mm-hmm. big brands, big companies, and more likely the big bags. Right. It sounds mm-hmm. like you're saying like the major hubs. Right. Yeah. And maybe like there might be some room for other things too, because of, I think COVID really showed people like the um, opportunity that they have to work remotely or to like, uh, just, it made it a lot easier to be away. Um, mm-hmm. And just send, you know, the assets in or whatever. But yeah, I mean, I think for the most part, it definitely would benefit someone to live in those areas. Okay, mm-hmm. that makes sense. Um, And what's been your favorite collaboration so far? Um, I think I really like working with Nike. I always have a Ooh. good time. They're like my most consistent, I think, um, employer i suppose um so i'll I'll work there pretty often i think i have a a good 
a rapport with like the team. I really love like, I don't know, I always meet fun people and have fun on shoot with them. But I think overall, probably the best experience I had was I did a shoot with H&M and they, that's when I got my billboard in Times Square and I, Oh my God, that was really good. And that was a really cool shoot in like Santa Barbara and a lot of good things happened then. I met a lot of nice, cool people. So a lot of good energy. I love how calm you are about talking about having your face on Times time Square billboard. <laughs> so humble. I think I love it, it, like, it happened early in my career. So it, it kind of, even though I know it is something that is like crazy, I think <laughs> because it happened so soon, I never really got to realize how, you know, out of this world excited I should have been. Iconic. <laughs> this is very iconic behavior, being on Times Square billboards casually at the beginning of your career. I love it so much. Um, and, you know, that's that's a lot. Like, you know, you're doing all these major things happening so quickly. Um, how do you take care of yourself? Um, I really... This year, again, like, since um, I got, you know, kind of diagnosed with, like, ADHD and, like, um, I've been working through my depression and things, I think, for the most part, I've really been liking to do yoga. Like, I know how corny that is. <laughs> no, it's not. It's real. It works. Yeah, I love yoga. It's it's really one of my most um, favorite things to do. But I love to do yoga. I love to cook now. Um, what else have I been doing? And sometimes it's just nice to go for a walk. The cities I, I live in, I don't, it's not, they're not walking cities. So mm. when you could just go for a walk, that's like a perk <laughs> of life. <laughs> Our city is walkable as hell. I be walking around. I love walking. It's so walkable. Because from my house, I can walk to like three museums. Uh-huh. And I can walk like to our downtown from where I live. Yeah. And hospitals, like I like our city is walkable as hell. Yeah. <laughs> like when our which is good because um our transportation goes on strike a lot. So oh. <laughs> Dang, I'm kinda surprised. So are there walkable neighborhoods of LA that you know of or is it just in general not really walkable anywhere? I think so. um hmm. I think some neighborhoods could potentially be more walkable, but I don't know. You really gonna need a car, like. Dang, <laughs> I felt like Echo said. Park was a a little little walk. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking of. Like Silver Lake, that area. Like you can go to like at least some nice restaurants and stores. Like because most of my friends there will like walk to the major intersection and just you know eat there, get their groceries there. But I don't know. That's not me. So what? <laughs> <laughs> that's not me. So I like having my car. So I have some friends that um will take the public transit there, but. It does take a long time. Like when I mm. last took it, I went, I didn't have a car for like my first year living there, a um, mm. year and a half actually. Um, so I would take transit because I was one train stop away from my employer. However, my friend who lives maybe like 20 minutes from me driving, it'll take them like an hour to get to me, like with public transit, just because the city's so like actually like physically big that it it, it just. It's not conceivable to me. <laughs> mm, okay. Yeah. Noted. Mm-hmm. Noted, noted, noted. But yes, we love that you are taking care of yourself. The yoga, the walking, the, the cooking. Oh, you know. Amazing. I had something else too. What? I- <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm like, oh, what? <laughs> One thing that I, I also kind of want to impart. Because um, I got my ADHD diagnosis, like all that stuff sorted mm-hmm. out. I... Um, 
it kind of clicked to me that in the past when I've ever whenever I've tried to pick up an, a hobby I would kind of always drop it and be down on myself for like not continuing on because you know later down the road I'd be like man if I had continued playing piano three years ago I could be a maestro or something but what I am trying to do now is just take a class in something or just learn a skill and not put so much pressure on myself to make that become something that I do, you know? Yeah. Like, I think growing up, I always liked to watch Jeopardy because um, it made me feel like I was learning and like just had a bunch of like random information. So I figured like maybe I should just make my goal to get on Jeopardy and just learn a bunch of different things. So I have all these like, you know, it's like Jack of all trades, master of none. So that way I don't feel bad about myself for, um, you know, dropping something or picking something up for like a month or three and just like not becoming the best at it. And I think that's like a really good thing to do to, um, you know, just make yourself feel better about stuff. Like I've been learning how to like, um, DJ, because I, I just thought it was fun. <laughs> That's so cool. I would love to learn how to DJ. You know, I was taking lessons at the you guitar center. You can learn. Yeah. Okay, guitar center? Yeah. You I would love on. to do that because I love like like DJing low key. Like yeah. picking music and stuff like that. Yes. You definitely yes. should do it. Like, And honestly, it is a really cool like avenue, I guess, of creativity. Like it, it feels really good to be like the master of the songs. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah, and also yeah, like to, to hit on what you said about like not committing to things. I have that same problem, and I've like like just resolved with the idea that most creative people are really great at a bunch of different things. Mm. <laughs> you are great at a bunch of different things, and um, I met this guy who said he'd be great on Jeopardy because he knows a little bit about a lot. He was like a <laughs> newscaster at one of my internships for like a, a TV station, but he said, "Yeah, I know a little bit about, about a lot." He said it so confidently, and I'm like, "Sometimes that's just where it is. You just know a little bit about a lot, yeah. and that's okay. There's no yeah. rules. Like you don't have to become like you know uh, the, the Don Lemon or the Beyonce." <laughs> or the whatever and put those 10,000 hours in. I think that those, there are whatever you're meant to commit to, like you will be drawn to it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You'll be so so drawn to it. I love that. Also like that ADHD diagnosis, mama, I need that. Did it it take long? Absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) It took a disgusting amount of time. I had to like literally, I think it took like 10 months low key. (gasps) But they, it was like a whole thing with my insurance, but. I feel like they could just look at the way I dress and be like, yep. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yo. <laughs> like, please. She's 30 and wears hair bows. Like. <laughs> oh, my God. Thank you so much for that. You portion. Now we're going to move on to a game called This or That. Yes. Sabria, you want to take it away or do you want me to take it away? You know what? I could do it. Yeah. Okay, cool. Um, I I got my strength. I can do it. <laughs> I'm happy. Right. I'm so happy. You got she got her strength back, she guys. Got her strength. Oh, but I didn't get it back. Oh, but okay. Oh, sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. I was like, I'm having so much fun. But um, <laughs> so this or that, sneakers or heels? Sneakers. <laughs> what kind With of these. what kind of sneakers though? Um, you know what? What sneakers do I be wearing? You know, I usually wear my. Fancy Puma, um, you know them, uh, them shoes. I don't even know. Oh, I know. <laughs> I wanted them so bad. Yeah, the creepers. I have like the patent yeah. leather ones. That I really like. Those ones are cute. I usually kind of like a dressed up sneaker, or maybe like mm. a boot, 
or mm. a sandal. I just, I do not, I hate when I'm elevated because I put all my weight in my heels. <laughs> okay, I need to be, okay. I need to lean forward a little bit. Ooh, same. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't stop, um, which is a problem. So um, you talked about the weather. Mm-hmm. You love the weather in LA. Mm-hmm. So um, winter or summer? Summer. Period. You know what just dawned on me? Have you ever seen snow? I have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I was thinking, because you live in Atlanta and then you went to LA. So I'm like, you, when I just said that, I'm like, winter or summer, I'm like, have you experienced like <laughs> a roughing it winter? Yeah, no. I don't even like, there was one time, it would snow like in Atlanta maybe once a year and then last for like a week and then melt during that week. So it would Beautiful. be, yeah, it would be cute yeah, that right? first day. But there was <laughs> one year, I think I was a junior in high school or something and that was snowocalypse or snowmageddon or whatever because they forgot to like well they didn't forget they didn't want to let the kids um stay home for school so they made us go to school and then about noon it started like atlanta blizzard you know it started snowing a little harder um i was on that school bus trying to get home for like seven hours <gasps> people were having panic attacks the windows were open so it was a lot of hot breath or they were close so it was a lot of hot breath on the bus um oh my god People just going crazy on that bus. This girl was giving the bus driver the wrong directions. (laughs) That was kind of funny. (laughs) We passed by my neighborhood at some point. I was like, y'all just gonna have to let me off. Like, (laughs) that is crazy. Why did he go his own way around? You a grown man. Was it a child giving him dark? Yeah, it's like a student. (laughs) No, bro. You should not be listening to no child. (laughs) He was so damn sick of them kids. Just somebody tell us how to go. That's funny. Okay. That was a good time. (laughs) Seven hours. That man was exhausted listening to a child on how to get home. Real Housewives or Love and Hip Hop? Ooh, those are both my reality TV niches. That's why I asked for it because I know you're a reality TV girl. (laughs) I think as of late, oh, shoot. Ooh, yeah, as of late, Real Housewives because Love and Hip Hop is just, I can't. But I'll rewatch like old seasons, but yeah, not right now. (laughs) What Housewives though? I have literally. I've watched almost all of them. I've watched almost all of them besides Dallas and DC. But DC, you can't find nowhere because that lady tried to fool her way into the White House. Oh, I forgot. Yeah. So they so they took it down everywhere. You can't find it nowhere. You probably have to like pirate it. Oh, I forgot that she was what on the housewives. She well, you probably know the story better than me. <laughs> this um lady on the show uh crashed the White House uh correspondence dinner or something like that. And um <laughs> what? They they brought the like get girl, she was just they had the brothel cameras with them. So the girl, the like teenager at the front, like handling the invitations was like, Okay, I guess you can go in. I don't know. And it was like world news all over CNN. It was big scandal. The first big that, scandal of the Obama child, administration. I, I don't. I think I kind of do remember. Then she had like, like a this. pink bow on or something I like think that. She I had on a sorry. Yeah, she yeah she had something on that was just like very like whoa. But yeah, I remember that, and I forgot it was the housewives. Mm-hmm. I only watch um, Potomac and Atlanta because those are the ones my mom watched. Mm-hmm. She only wants to see black women's drama. Um. Um, I try to tell her that the other ones are good too, but she don't want to tap in. No, good for her. Honestly, yeah. good for her mental health. <laughs> Give her a minute. The amount of times I've been stressed for something that happened several years ago is not even. 
<laughs> I get it. Mm-hmm. Um, and the final this or that is um, Matt or Dewey? Dewey, all the way. Dewey. Her. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yes. I'm left out of this. I, I love being mad. I don't like that dry shit. Mm. <laughs> but y'all look good, Dewey, though. You so and It's all in your good. mind. It's really all in your mind. I feel like if I had my way with you, that's all I got to say. If I had my way with you, I feel like I would sit you down and like like Monique on Charm School, and I would just give you this beachy glow, and you, you would hate it, and I would love it. I would scream. I knew you were going to say, I knew you were going to say Dewey, though, because like when you be Dewey in your campaigns, you be smiling so hard. I'm like, she loves it. No, I hate a dry ass lip. That's my biggest pet peeve. Now, no. Yeah, for lips, I, I, I hate dry lips too. Yeah, You're so like correct. Your I do like a matte lip. Yes, yeah, um, really stay with a gloss. I do like a matte lip, especially when it comes to red or brown or burgundy. Um, or, you know what else a, a color I like? Mm-hmm. Matte orange. Oh. Like, that's something that, like, I actually wore that look one time. It I did look crazy and like two hours later, but it was like really nice when I first applied oh, it. Oh yeah, didn't I? Oh, that's the, the color that I got you, right? Yes, oh. Mademoiselle. Yep. Mademoiselle. Sabria got me my first Mademoiselle, Fenty Mademoiselle in orange. Oh. And actually, sad to say, I still have it. I should probably <laughs> get rid of it, but <laughs> yeah. You so good. Yeah, we just going to ignore it. <laughs> I feel like I know what picture you're talking about with the orange lipstick and you did look really good. Yeah, I feel like you have like very warm coloring, so like that looks really good on you. Thank you. And Sabria, I think Matt looks good on you too. I don't think you know what you don't have to change nothing if you don't like it. You, you, Sabria, it does look great on you. And also, I feel like if if it if it's the goth aesthetic, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. yeah. Because I was say, have name one dewy goth. You can't. You can't. Unless it's that porcelain do, you know, it's like that porcelain d like dewy look. You know what I mean? You just can't. You can't name them. Got me there. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so we're running. You know, we having fun. So we let's let's pick one of our tea time topics. And I feel like based on what you said about the housewives, we need to talk about Portia's Portia having two weddings with that man Simon. Yes. So. For those of you who don't know, Portia Williams um, from the Housewives met wed uh, a man by the name of Simon Gubadia, right? They had American ceremony and they had a Nigerian ceremony. And like, say you didn't know nothing about the tape. Like, say you just were scrolling <laughs> on social media. You would be like, wow, power couple. They're going to make it. But then you do a little digging and you find out that, you know what? Portia's actually being accused of like marrying her friends <laughs> Who, who, like, after one month, they filed for divorce, and one month later, they were madly in love, dating, posted up on social media. And when folks asked Portia, like, hey, isn't Fallon, you know, Simon's ex-wife, your friend? She said no. But then, she said she didn't know her. She said she didn't know her, <laughs> but, then when you, but then when you pull out the receipts... They introduced Fallon as Portia's friend on... Uh, now, I did my research, right? So y'all can even... <laughs> you did. You can You're correct. Mm-hmm. You're yeah, absolutely so correct. Because I introdu- saw it live. And also, you were in her home. Mm-hmm. So it's like... It's so weird to say, like, I don't know this woman. She's not my friend. She was, she was tagged as your friend on the show. And even if y'all weren't besties, you were in her house, grinning up in her husband's face. And then as soon as they broke up, you were with him. And now you're getting married to him. I'm sorry. That's some bad juju on your wedding. That's some bad energy and it's all these girls sometimes i want porsche life like what is wrong with y'all 
Yeah, what is wrong with y'all? that was crazy. And like, and if anybody like, I love that was one of my favorite um, housewives because um, throwback to freaking Freck. That was um, <laughs> Portia and Phaedra. I loved freaking Freck so much. It was that's that's probably one of the best combos in reality TV. Mm-hmm. Like, please take me back. You know what I'm. You know what I'm talking I about. I know what you're talking about. But yeah, but yeah. So I love her, and I just was like, after finding that out, because when she said she didn't know her, like when I tell y'all i was watching that i'm like we they rolled them tapes back like Mm -hmm. like she was really at her home she was in her home talking to him and it seemed like honestly i watched the first clip from when they met each other and it seemed like he she was talking to him like she was his teenage daughter's friend like there wasn't not that i'm expecting chemistry off like a first meeting but it definitely did seem like we don't really have much to talk about you know yeah yeah it was like that i remember it definitely was like that but that was just crazy i'm just like whoa and she's just going on but you know what she's a cancer woman and all they care about is love so she said i want it. the holy spirit to usher us into being a husband and wife i'm from the south so i love being in church i've never been married in a church and simon's never been married in the church so it's going to be a new experience for both of us it's like delusional <laughs> me when i lie it's very delusional you know what i will say she did look very beautiful in all the pictures she looks so beautiful i'm like damn i wish i could have a nigerian wedding <laughs> she looked absolutely gorgeous and that's why i was saying like if you just like are, i was like looking at the pictures and i'm like she looks so gorgeous mm-hmm. she looks so nice she looks so beautiful had you not known any of this extra stuff there would be it would have been like a win is a win right like, like, yeah i would have been very happy for her it is just like kind of I don't know. I wonder what Fallon is doing. People keep bringing up that, like, Fallon um, got, or, like, was pregnant with another man, like, when they got divorced and some other stuff, too. Oh, yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, it is just kind of, like, a weird-ass situation, no matter what. It is. Everybody weird. Yeah. Because he's, like, how old? He's he's an older guy. Like, he's probably, Mm -hmm. like, 50-something. And I read the Fallon was 31. Mm -hmm. And then I read the Portia is, like, 39. So it's just, like, what was you doing with the 31-year-old? That's how Nigerian men roll. Well... That's just crazy. That was. I said that's just crazy, but that is like to me to think about. Like, oh my god. Uh, but yeah, I do feel for her. Like, um, and I just feel like at some point it's just about the principle. Like, if I'm in your home, mm-hmm. if I'm in your home, I'm not going to marry your ex husband. Like, yeah. <laughs> that's just a rule I go by. Personally. The, fact, the fact that you have to say that is just like, like for the record. You're not. I feel like a lot of people be gaslighting you into making things normal. It's like that's. Oh, you're wrong. That's weird. It's very abnormal. <laughs> it's not okay. It's not the norm. It's oh, really God. not. It's not the standard for no culture. Mm, mm, mm. <laughs> no culture. <laughs> like you can't say, oh, it's not. Ju-. No, it's not. Don't no, don't do that. Don't don't mm-hmm. make it. Don't make it a like you know a cultural thing because yeah. it's not. It's really not. Mm-hmm. Um. So let's get into the sunken place, right? Let's just talk about it. So. Some of you may know that Michelle Obama has written like a part two of her book. And in that book, she goes into like marriage and like a lot of things that she's saying, I feel like it's something that anybody who like may has maintained like a long semi-healthy relationship would say, which is that 
You got to do the work for yourself. Like your partner can't fix you. You got to fix yourself. Um, like you got to be willing to work through hard times. Like, you know, life, it's not about a marriage. It's about a partnership. So make sure that that's why you're in it. Um, and she's revealed that there were some really challenging times, like in her and like Barack's, like the early stage of the relationships. Now we've made it clear that like, we are not like those people who are like, forever my president forever like no 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 we don't have to get into that right now but it's just the bottom line of like how some some people decided to take michelle obama's point of that again every single human who has been (laughs) in a long marriage has bought up and make it as if like if you are willing to put up with uh if you're willing to fight for relationships like you're dumb you know and i feel like um most people we're on the side of like, this is what is to be expected in any long-term relationship, whether it's romantic, mm-hmm. whether it's friendship, whether it's with your parents, there's going to be some, um, friction and you have to be willing to like work it out. But there were so many people who were like against it. So for the second place, we decided to put people who say that they don't need anybody or are unwilling to fight for relationships in the second place. Because I think there's just a lot of that going on in general, but the Michelle Obama conversation kind of bought it up. Yes, yes, yes. And also you said something about it um on Twitter earlier this week and for some reason some freaks had like disagree. And I'm just like we kind of like we constantly are saying that like you can't do anything without community. Like things with mutual aid, like think like I know people right now that are thriving because of crowdfunding like that was done on social media and like being uplifted from their community. Like that's literally the only way that we can make it out of this hellhole of capitalism and hellhole of like you know everyday life and things it's like just being there for each other nobody can do anything alone like even if you think you're doing something alone you're not yeah. you're really not mm-hmm. for sure for sure i think that like um so my, my post on twitter was saying something about like there's something to be said about all these people who are trying to make like being alone a personality trait Mm -hmm. like there are people online that are just like i I love coming home to an empty house i love not talking to nobody ever i love and it's to a point where it's like okay cool 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 like i am more introverted myself and i do most of my activities throughout the day alone like i do but there's nothing i love more than having time to connect with friends after a long day of work and then maybe go home after or nothing. I love more than like taking a walk with like a family member or like getting on the phone with Sabria. Like I actually feel like the relationships I have makes make life more robust and with all the like mental health um like the mental health crisis the substance abuse crisis that we're having the violence crisis that we're having it's like do should we be talking more about how like isolation might be contributing to that Mm. should we be talking more about like how like friendships and relationships are the priority in life like that's the priority mm-hmm. nothing else the dot the bag is not the priority the the birkin bag is not the priority nothing is more important than your connections right exactly especially exactly. like at the end of your life like you know like what it can you can have material things but what do you have what do you really have if you don't have connections with other people if you don't have people mm. to share it with if you don't have you know, somebody that makes you laugh. If you don't have someone you can talk to, like, it's not, I can understand what people mean by like not relying on other people, but it's okay to be independent, but it's, 
I, I don't know. It just doesn't feel good to be alone. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when people be like, yeah, I like being alone. It's like, you are fighting demons. And it's okay. I can see it all in your face. I can see it in your tone. Like, I've been there. I fought those same demons. Mm-hmm. And you know what? You're not going to win. Right. You yeah. are not going to win. You not never alone. will. Mm-hmm. Not alone. And it's so funny because like when I wrote that tweet, literally somebody was like, anyway, I still like being alone. And I wrote and I was like, are you sure? <laughs> like, yeah, you like, argue with bitches on the internet. Like, what for? Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure? Because I just did a quick scan through your page and like it's giving lonely. It really is. And I'm not being mean when I say that, but you really seem lonely. So when I say, are you sure? I know that little drop of human interaction is probably going to fill you with endorphins because you're not used to being paid any damn attention. A lot of times people say they like to be alone because they don't believe that anybody would want to spend time with them. Mm -hmm. And like that might be a result of some trauma. That might be that, but it's just like, it's, it's okay to get the ball rolling and admit it and just admitting that you do need somebody like there's no animal in the world that can survive alone no Mm -hmm. animal in the world Mm -hmm. why do you think you can Mm -hmm. like i think the only animal that probably can uh survive alone once it's created is probably like a roach and it's just like (laughs) i feel like they got communities too yeah and you don't even know they probably go into the cabinets and have a ball have a party or something but like i just feel like what like who who what creature and when i think about like my friendships i really do set relationships and play no matter what friendship romantic with the intent of like keeping it going forever Mm. like for as long as you don't disrespect me or cross any of my boundaries or make me feel like unloved like I plan on like make keeping it going forever. So it's just interesting for me when people are just so easy like, oh, I can't. Like, why can't you? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And when you get a certain age, you that bitterness, like you need to give it up because it's like we can all. It's like embarrassing when people can see through it. And like mm-hmm. I've had to learn that like the hard way. I'm like, give it up. Like stop being like that because you're acting embarrassing now. Like you should be humiliated by like you just being like, ah, eh, oh, humbug. Like okay, like. <laughs> <laughs> like just give it up yeah 30 years old Thomas I, I don't need nobody it's like, yeah you know better than that that's yeah. what the the early 20s are for to be confused and bitter and to put up the front the teenagehood and like you know I give you to 35 but after that like Sabrina said it's, it's big embarrassing it's very embarrassing yeah. so embarrassing like you know you want to hug so bad <laughs> yeah like bring it in like you don't have to be so weird like you just you don't you don't have to like mm-hmm. it, relationships are everything so putting people in a sunken place who just are unwilling to fight or even acknowledge that they need uh relationships mm-hmm. exactly um so let's get into common senses shall we mm-hmm. all right so bentu shout out to you for giving us this week's common senses <laughs> look at you the third host of black girl yeah i'm gonna come back <laughs> Please, 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 please come back. Be a friend of the show. Be a friend of the show. So um, you mentioned that like something you've been like talking over with your friends is your duty to yourself. Um, Are you open to sharing like where that came from and what your thought process was there? Of course. Um, Basically, I was talking to my friend and we related about like career stuff, just like making sure that you maybe not aren't necessarily putting yourself yeah actually you are putting yourself first and just if you're in a situation that isn't the best for you like in any way maybe financially or just like for your spirit for your mental health or you know anything that just feels like you're being bogged down by this job it's not growing for you um you should 
feel comfortable finding a way out of it and at least just testing Mm. yourself out or testing things out because you don't want to be stuck in a situation that is not benefiting you. I was telling my other friend that I really admired her because I'm kind of the type of person where if I have a job that I hate, then I'll probably stay with it because like before I started modeling, I had like, I'd been working since I was 17. Um, But yeah, if I had a job that I hate, I would just stay in it because it was convenient for me. But just because something is convenient for you doesn't mean it's the best option for you. And you definitely Mm. have like that duty to yourself to put yourself in situations that are going to be good for you or at least just at least better and you can at least just try it out a job is never going to be missing you they're probably going to find somebody else you know to fill your shoes in another way (laughs) because you'll probably find something else in another way like i know it's kind of hard to find jobs right now but i think there's always if you have a chance and an opportunity to explore something that could potentially be better for you 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 need to take it um because you know i don't think anybody necessarily knows what's best for them until they try it out at least not myself no that's so true you gotta be like not afraid to try it out Mm -hmm. talk to myself yeah for sure (laughs) i'm saying same um and i feel like like to to what you were saying about how like you you stay in a job because it's convenient like all of my life like i have been like so like as soon as things get challenging, um, this is what I was speaking to earlier. As soon as things get challenging, like jobs and stuff, like I would like move forward, I would go. Mm-hmm. And then after a while, I started realizing that everywhere I went, like there were some of the same things that I didn't like, and it mm-hmm. started feeling like, okay, cool. Like where can I go? Where can I go? Like where can I go where I will when I won't feel like you know marginalized? Where can I go where I won't feel like these different things? And um, that through creating like. Like our brunch with Sabria, I start to see like sometimes the answer is like creating your own lane, mm-hmm. and you have a duty to yourself to see what that is like, mm-hmm. and 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 other ways. Like, what other ways can I be like this independent, like creative? Like, it's okay to admit that the workforce actually may not be for you mm-hmm. <laughs> at all. <laughs> Real, <laughs> it's like I Real. don't feel embarrassed saying that because um, it's like why should I feel like oh my god, like I'm compromising opportunities for feeling like that when the workforce isn't welcoming to black people (laughs) it's just especially black women so it's like the workforce wasn't created for me to thrive um so why should i feel bad for saying that it's like something i don't want to be in Mm -hmm. and like how can like what do what do i want to do what do i want to do and like no matter how big or crazy or scary that dream is like i owe it to myself in this lifetime to at least try it Mm mm-hmm Mm-hmm. Yep, it's very true. It's very true because you don't want to <clears throat> be. Was it? Sh- was it? No, I was talking to my friend, friend of the show. Um, he was saying um that somebody, I think he was talking to somebody or somebody was talking to him that like it was these older people and they were like on a cruise um somewhere and his friend was in like her early twenties, late twenties and was on the cruise and the older people were like, wow, we wish that we did this when we were your age. Mm-hmm. Um, but they were doing it now, like in their fifties and forties, I mean, your fifties and sixties and stuff like that. And I'm like, wow, that really is something to think about. Like, you know, you really owe it to yourself to like, just live, to be the best you, to the best of your ability and do things that, <clears throat> that you just think that you can't do just to prove yourself wrong. Not even anybody else, just mm-hmm. proving yourself wrong. 
that's what, or I don't even want to say yourself. I guess your inner saboteur is what RuPaul be saying. But yeah, <laughs> just just um proving that, like the negative voice in your head wrong. Like, yeah, I could do this. Like, fuck you. Yeah, I definitely think... um it can be like it's definitely like the defeatist attitude that you can take on like i'm not saying like quit your job like if you find that it's like bad for you because a lot of times people are working because they need the money um Mm -hmm. but (laughs) if you are in a situation at least write it out but just try and find something 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 that can help you get out of that situation or something that can be something that at least helps you feel fulfilled in that way um i'm just i'm having like a little situation right now where i just kind Kind of, I'm having to take a chance and see what's better for me. Um, and I'm hoping that the next situation is a little better for me. Um, and it's like minute things. Like I think sometimes you feel like you need to settle um, just because a lot of people from outside can see what you're doing and think that it looks great. Mm-hmm. But if you're not personally fulfilled or if you're not happy or if you're not getting all the benefit that you think you can be getting out of something, it can never hurt you to at least see what is out there. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. That's very true. I feel that so hard what you were saying, how like people can like look at uh your life and be like, okay, cool. Like you you for example, say your face is on a billboard in Times Square. <laughs> people can just say, like, you have nothing else to want more. And it's just like my wants, my needs, my dreams, like as individuals, we all are owners of those things. Like mm-hmm. I'm the owner of what I want, what I, what I'm satisfied with. And I feel like I felt so guilty and so chaotic for like a lot of my life because like, I'm not like a linear person. I wasn't like so many people I know, especially like, you know, when we think about parents, like our parents' generation, they got one job, they held it down for 30 years Mm -hmm. and that was that. But when I remember when I first was at a job for three years, like my parents was like, are you crazy? Why? Why would you leave a job with good benefits? Why would you leave a job with like, you know, where you're getting promoted, you're making decent money. Like it's, it's a reputable company. Why would you leave? Because it just was not enough. It just was not enough. And I feel like oftentimes that comes from people not knowing what like my dreams really, really are. And not just what my dreams are, but how passionately I feel about it. I think every human has dreams. Like Mm -hmm. I think everybody has a dream. Like sometimes their dream is to like own a bakery. Their dream is to own a dog walking company, to be like a fashion designer. But I think what changes from person to person is the intensity of Mm -hmm. that dream and like how bad you want it. For some people, they can just simply, it's enough just to dream about it and say in conversations, yeah, I always want to own a bakery and that's cool. But for me, that's not enough to just say like, it's like I dream I stay up at night I stay up at night thinking about what would it be like for my life to be just that to do that where I just want to be there I want to follow my I want to accomplish my dreams I want to live my dreams I want my career to launch and I think that my intensity is something that like I finally made peace with the fact that people are never going to understand it and that might be a good thing because Mm -hmm. everybody (laughs) is not going to be successful in what they want to do because they don't have the the grit that's needed to make it happen they don't they're not intense enough Mm -hmm. you need like Sabrina was saying earlier that intense level of delusion 
and intensity and like being able to back it up with the work and taking the risk in order to make things happen. So I've stopped looking at like, oh, other people don't feel the same way that I do. It's like a bad thing. And now I'm on a type of time where I'm like, no, I'm, I'm so happy that I'm different from everybody else. And I, I know, and I have to be the one to drive. I don't need permission. I don't need, I always say, I don't have to pay the troll, like the toll to pass the bridge. Like I don't have to do that when it comes to my dreams. I can just go and people can disapprove. And it's because it's about me. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's very personal. You are not a tree. You can move. Absolutely. (laughs) Period. Exactly. Exactly. But yeah, it's like, you know, everything is, it's, it's taking risks is scary, but staying stagnant is scarier. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So let's talk about risks. What are some risks we've been taking lately? Like to, to kind of like put the fire up under our behinds. Um, uh, um I feel like for me, my risk that I took um, was I was doing a job and I really just hated it. I did not like it. And like, I used to be like, oh, even though I hate something, I'm going to be, I want to be number one. I want to be, do it to the best of my ability. But I dropped the ball and I'm not going to, I know I dropped the ball and I was like focusing on stuff I wanted to do. I would pull my laptop out, start writing. I would just like, I was being what some people would say, like, I guess disrespectful, but it was, I just was like, I'm not putting all of my energy into this because because it's too much. It is not what I want. And I feel like for me, it's a small risk, but that's um, a risk that I took. Also, I am in the process of trying to take a bigger risk, um, but uh, I have to email the person to take the risk, which sounds so, that sounds so corny to be like, oh, like I'm being taken a risk. I have to send the email and then I, that's the risk I'm taking. But like, but, no, some emails. I'll say, you know, you know, you know, you know, you know. <laughs> yeah for sure for sure exactly. um but everyone on my biggest risk is giving up my apartment um and i've been so uncomfortable <laughs> no. i've been so uncomfortable because like the biggest thing you need is like a space to cry in peace so it's like having bad anxiety and like like you're crying on your stomach then your little brother bursts into the room and be like where'd you put the blue the dog's leash <laughs> and i'm like in the china cabinet <laughs> it's just it's like oh my god like i i have been feeling like i made a mistake like i actually dropped a package got a package delivered to my old apartment today i went there and um i just was looking in there like oh my god remember when i had a gym like right downstairs and i saw the pool and i, I was like joking with the guy at the front desk i'm like you gonna let me come back and use the pool in the summer right <laughs> and he was like yeah and i'm like don't tell me that but seriously like i really feel like i miss my apartment like i miss my space but when it came down to it like i'm not in a position financially when i can afford afford to pay rent and to travel and see the world the way that i want to and i just feel a lot of fear about like a barrier getting in the way and stopping me um i just feel like anxiety almost every day about it like it's just crazy and another risk that i've taken recently is i shared with my manager um my biggest dreams like usually when uh you know you have your performance review and your manager says to you, what's your dream? And you tell them, my dream is to move up and become a manager. Like you say that. And I, I guess like to Sabria's point, like I was just so tired of like playing the game that I said, my dream is to be a podcaster, or a content creator and a socialite. <laughs> and he was like, well, how can I help you get there? 
And I just thought that like, wow, 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 wow. Like no job is perfect, but that's really something that I'm never going to take for granted. That like I had the safe space to say what I want. Um, and I'm just like, yeah, that's where I'm at at this point. Like I'm saying what I want to do to everybody because I can't be lying to the universe. I can't be put, putting words out there that I don't mean because I, I feel like it'll get in the way of what I want. So those are two risks that I've been taking. And it's just, it's very uncomfortable, but it's the only way. <laughs> I think um, some risks I've taken lately. Um, I got a cat. (laughs) Aww. I got a cat, which I thought it was something I always kind of wanted to do, but since I travel a lot for work, it kind of um, it put it on the back burner. but I've been finding a way to make it work or just like finding people that can watch him when I go out of town or just like, you know, I'm able to. I'm able to make it work basically um, and find a way to have him in my life and not let it interfere with what I got going on. Um, So that's been good. I recently, I don't think it all has to be like, you know, job stuff, like, you know, some of your examples, Iman. So I think I also, I fell out with a friend recently and I think I can have a lot of people pleaser tendencies. Mm. Um, so I think I had had my concerns with that person for a long time. Maybe not a long time, but, you know, it, it had been coming for a while. And when I finally got to the place where I was able to explain how I felt, I felt so much better about it, honestly. Um, things didn't end up, you know, the way that I would have ideally have wanted it to, but it felt good to say what had been eating at me for a long time. And I definitely think that... Um, you know, taking a risk like that with relationships can be hard, but sometimes if you're both willing to make it work and communicate through it, then you can end up in a better place. Like, I feel like most of my friends that I've had for a long time, I, for a while, wouldn't ruffle any feathers, but um, when things would really, I think I'm starting to learn um, just by having, like, a really good best friend um, and a really long-term best friend just how to... Um, raise an issue and just say it nice if I have to say it at all, you know? Exactly. Mm. Yes, yes. Yeah. Because you communicate through anything just as long as you like are polite, you know? <laughs> yeah. Respect Respect will get you respect, mm-hmm. politeness will get you so far. But I think that's such a necessary risk to take when a relationship isn't working. Um, another it doesn't seem like it, but I have people pleasing tendencies as well and it's really hard to go against the norms and like, you know, really like maintain your boundaries and just understand the purpose of boundaries because they feel like punishments and stuff yeah. like that. But it's so important to, to do that and it's necessary for your growth yes, as well. Mm-hmm. it really is. And I agree. I definitely need to work on that too because like sometimes I don't want to ruffle people's feathers. So I'll just like walk away. Like I just won't address it. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, you can't do that because some people won't go away. They'll still <laughs> be like in your face with those same problems. So you can't just walk away. You got to address it. So yeah. Yeah. I was reading like something about how like boundaries are not punishments. They're not put in place to like, you know, as revenge or not. None of they're literally personal. They're meant to protect you when a certain set of circumstances arise. And I think the they say also boundaries are bridges because it's like, this is how you can 
communicate with me or this is how we can be in a relationship together they're not fences they're bridges and as soon as I thought about that like okay cool when I put my boundaries up it actually makes my relationships better again naturally being a people pleaser I was like okay cool I'm just making my relationship better (laughs) like a better take on boundaries but and it's saying to people like I want you in my life and here's how you can stay Mm. yes so that it doesn't feel like me over uh, like you over me because i don't think any human should have to do that maybe uh your child might be a great exception for like you know what i'm gonna put you over myself for set circumstances not consistently but like yeah i don't think that i think that's too much to ask of someone like Mm -hmm. and if i know like i'm getting under your skin or i'm taking too much from you i i really do encourage people to put boundaries up with me and i'll respect them so happy you got there um regardless of the outcome yeah. Mm-hmm. I turned um, 25 last year. I'm turning 26 next week. I really honestly, I feel like this year has been like a lot of lows and a lot of highs. And I really feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe it's something about turning 25 that just, I think a lot of things are just turning. I'm doing like that optometrist motion, but just like a lot of <laughs> things are getting clearer. <laughs> Mm, that's so that's so good and i love that i feel like not to say like obviously we're not old but i feel like the younger like people that are younger than us i love that they're learning stuff faster and because the thing is i thought i was learning stuff faster but i still didn't learn like i still had some um dare i say uh some boomers in my ear um but i feel like with like people that are younger (laughs) than us they're like no like that's not right and i'm like i love that so much Mm -hmm. definitely loud about what i feel like you're gonna would you be considered the tail end of being a millennial, like, uh, and also kind of Gen Z, like a mega mix? Yeah, the lines are blurred. Mega mix. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I feel like you have like millennial, like some millennial in you. I saw Zillennial as a Zillennial. Yeah, I have my just my little cousin up. who I was living with. She you was just a Zillennial. <laughs> she was a millennial and she like she was very grounded and she was like so like willing to stand up for herself all the time and I like really really loved that mm-hmm. but also my dad always says you spend the first 25 years of your life learning then if you smart you spend the next 25 years of your life applying everything you've learned mm-hmm. and I think that that was so true because the w- things did start to change for me after 25 and then mm-hmm. each year I feel like oh I'm, I'm becoming more and more valuable to myself mm-hmm. and um, I'll actually saw this clip of Eartha Quip, R.I.P. Queen, and Oof. she was saying how like at, she loves being old. She's like, I love being old because I'm more valuable to myself. It's not about like how valuable I am to society or the male gaze or mm-hmm. like the, the cinema industry. It's about all these knowledge and these learnings making me more valuable to myself, more calmer, less anxiety. And I was like, oh, that made me excited to get older. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. You should send me that. Okay, yeah, I'm going to find the clip and I'll definitely send it to you. I'll definitely send it to you. But again, I think that all kind of brings it together, like becoming more valuable to yourself and like your duty to yourself. Like it's all so connected. And I love that, you know, especially that black black women, black, black women are getting to a point where we start thinking about our duty to ourselves because for so long we have carried this S on our chest. Mm-hmm. How can we be valuable to our family? How can we be valuable to our partners? How can we be valuable to society? How can we get people to see our value? Mm-hmm. And I feel like we are, whether you're a millennial, zillennial, Gen Z, you're in that like, fuck that era. Like, I'm not doing mm-hmm. that. I'm mm-hmm. not doing that. Love to see it. 
Mm. Love to see it. Music to my ears. <laughs> so um, that wraps up uh, Common Senses. Bentu, thank you so much. This has been such a treat having you on the show. And to think you were shy and nervous. Can, can you believe it? I know. I was faking. <laughs> yeah, you were so be- faking. I never believe a Sagittarius when they say they shy. <laughs> oh my God. Why, why lie? Sometimes <laughs> I feel like I have to convince myself that I'm having the emotions that I should be having. <laughs> so maybe that's why I kept repeating it. <laughs> no, I was on to you from the beginning. You were like, I don't know. I'm so shy. And I'm like, weren't you performing on uh, the Black Girl Brunch Live show? <laughs> Is there a recording? <laughs> I <think> so. Oh. <laughs> but I was like, you're not shy. But you know what? You're Sabri, you on to something. All Sagittarius pretend to be shy. They always do. And then they be like, what? And they know not only do they rock it. I feel like yeah. Sagittarius always be like, I'm, I don't know how to do it. And then they kill it. It's yeah, like, you know how it was fun. You know what SpongeBob did that um like that singing at the uh, at the arena? Or I'm thinking about Savvy, our girlfriend who's a Sagittarius. Like, oh, she's a we Sagittarius? Yes. She, so it was like a we were having a talent show at my birthday party, and she kept saying, I think I'm going to lose. And she killed that. Her her girlfriend killed it. They beat everybody. Uh, yeah. like, Why did you say you didn't know what you was doing and you wasn't confident? And you, she was the best at it. Uh, maybe, it's the, maybe it's the self-awareness coming in. Yeah, we try to play think- ourselves down. <laughs> Yeah, y'all, y'all know what y'all be cooking up the whole time. <laughs> but we love you for it and so thankful that you had a chance to be on the show. We know that all the brunchers are going to be so happy to hear from you. Oh. Before before we head out, let them know the socials one more time so they can find you. Yes. Okay, so my Instagram and TikTok, I guess, are Bantunot, B-A-N, the number two, K-N-O-T. And my Twitter is Bintu, uh B-I-N-T-O-U-U-G-H-W. Okay. Well, not... Oh, God. Okay. Not W the letter, but U at the end of my name and U at the end of... Ugh. But um, <laughs> thank you guys for having me on the show. I really enjoyed my time. I love talking to you guys. Absolutely. <laughs> so absolutely. Fun. Yes. Please. Thank you so much, Bentu. And y'all, again, if you have any trouble with the socials, let us know. We'll share on uh, social media uh, when the, sh- the day the show was released. Um, make sure you follow me on social media. You can find me on Instagram at Imamate, on Twitter at It's Mate and Sabria. You can find me at It's Frankenfem on Instagram and Frankenfem underscore on Twitter. Also, make sure y'all send us some messy emails. Um, some people <laughs> said that something went down at Thanksgiving and they wanted to write us, so we were waiting. Yeah, <laughs> let please. us know what happened. So write we us at Black. That. We need that tea. Um, so write us at blackgirlbrunch at gmail.com or you can hit us up on the socials, Black Girl Brunch on Instagram, BLK Girl Brunch on Twitter. And we also have some amazing things happening on the patreon so as y'all know we just we recently launched our patreon i think about what, in june um so we changed our tiers so our tiers are now pay as you wish mm-hmm. and we'll have our first zoom event in december you can check the date uh once you sign up to the uh, patreon but we will be discussing quinta brunson's uh book she means well Volume one of the book club. Yeah. Tap in, tap in, tap in. Book is so funny. Like, if you listen to the audiobook like me, you're going to be crying because her delivery is everything. Shout out to Philly Girl Quinta. Love that. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a cheater. I already read the whole book, but still- <laughs> I'm not a cheater because, listen, but anyway, I read the whole book, but we still going to do it, you know? 
Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the point of the book club. To read yeah. the book. <laughs> so you're, you're right on point. <laughs> like you did the task. <laughs> In my defense, I didn't eat all day, so please. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's so true. We gonna, I'm sorry. We're going to give you some grace. <laughs> but she's prepared. That's the point. Um, so we love y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, bye. Peace.